Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. A prophet's role is is really to speak on God's behalf. He's an ambassador. He's not there to give his own feelings, his own opinion. He's there to give a specific message in a specific way. And it's always important when an ambassador gives a message, whether you're an ambassador to the United States, to another country, or wherever you're at, it's important to give the message clearly and unequivocally. Welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob reviews the presence of prophets and false teachers and how we tell the difference. In the Old Testament, just as today, we should always be careful who we listen to regarding the Word of God. Even Jesus warned us of false teachers in Matthew 7, verse 15, he says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. In fact, the first thing Jesus talks about when he teaches about the last days is a warning of deceitfulness that raises up among us. And now, let's join Pastor Rob with today's teaching. If you could please open your Bibles to Second Peter chapter 2. Yesterday we looked, yesterday, last week, uh, we looked at the first three verses of that chapter. And remember, this was one letter, and I'd encourage you as often as you can, read the whole entire letter as one letter and, and, and get rid of the chapter divisions because it'll help it flow a little bit better, and you'll understand that it was written like that. It wasn't written with chapters, uh, breaks, and verses. This was a letter to be meant to be read like you would read a letter from a family member from afar. So I would encourage you in any of the letters, in Paul's letters, it's a little harder in Corinthians because it's really one big letter, right? But and especially in these small ones like First and Second Peter and Jude and First and Second and Third John, you can read them in one setting and just kind of get that overall idea of it. But one of the main themes of Second Peter that we're really touching on today, we we will be looking at the hope of the second coming of Christ. We last uh, two weeks ago we looked at Christian character in the first uh, chapter of this letter and the importance of Christian character, especially for the the Jews and the Gentiles at that time who are being persecuted. So important for them to live the life of Christ because He is the living Word in us, and also the the fact that the Bible is. Uh, the inspired Word of God. It wasn't written by men. It was inspired by God, by the Spirit, given to men, and inspired by the Spirit as they wrote these things down. And so uh, 
this morning, and as we did last week, we looked at false teachers and false doctrines, and we live in a time that more than ever, this is so important. And so what we're going to do is get right into it. Um, I'm going to re um, review a little bit what we talked about last week because it kind of sets up what we're talking about today. What is a prophet's role? A prophet's role is is really to speak on God's behalf. He's an ambassador. He's not there to give his own feelings, his own opinion. He's there to give a specific message in a specific way. And it's always important when an ambassador gives a message, whether you're an ambassador to the United States, to another country, or wherever you're at, it's important to give the message clearly and unequivocally. Make it very clear because a lot of thought goes into this. There's no reason for variability. Well, I think that the United States feels this way about this particular stance on foreign policy. No, we've made a decision. This is the decision from our president, that this is what we're going to do. That's what an ambassador does. He doesn't make anything up. And just like a prophet of God, a prophet of God uh, goes, and he he may foretell events, because God, we know, gives the prophet these, this information. That's what makes the Bible unique above all the other religions of the world, because the Bible is over 66%. It's a huge percentage of prophecy, maybe even more than that. It's a huge percentage of prophecy. There's no other holy book ever that can do that. And why can God do that? Well, it's very simple. Because he made all things. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega, correct? So a prophet will often foretell an event. He's also bringing warning. A prophet will bring warning. And sometimes a prophet will bring judgment and say, this is the warning. And if you don't heed the warning, then judgment is coming. We see Ezekiel and Isaiah giving those kinds of prophecies. Certainly foretelling events. Warning. And then also of impending judgment if those warnings aren't heeded. And we know that a, a false prophet is nothing more than a pretended foreteller of, uh, or a religious imposter. That's really what he is. And how do we discern a false prophet? In, in Deuteronomy chapter 18, now, I'm just going to summarize what we talked about last week, just really briefly, and read some scriptures to you, because it will kind of set the stage. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, it says, But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, here God is speaking, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? And here it is. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. Because God knows the end from the beginning. He doesn't need to make things up. He doesn't need to only be 50% correct. No, he's 100% accurate all the time. And so if he speaks to a prophet, the prophet had better listen to what God has said. So if it doesn't come to pass, and that prophet has spoken out of turn. He, he's, a, he's a false prophet. And there's a test of obedience in this too, because we read in Deuteronomy 13 where it says, If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder does come to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them. Notice, he says, You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. Why? Because the Lord, your God, is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul. You shall not walk after, um, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall not serve him and hold fast to him. But that prophet, 
or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And here's the thing, a a prophet may come on the scene, even in our days, this happens all the time in America and all, all over the country and all over the world. A prophet will speak one or two things and they'll come to pass and all of a sudden you got the ear of everybody and everybody listens to that prophet and now he goes, but it's okay. It's okay for you guys to drink alcohol. It's okay for you to be engaging in adultery. It's, it's okay because God is a God of love. And because he is, it's okay to express that love because that's the highest form of worship is expressing God's love. Right? And they tell you all this nonsense. And then they tell you it's okay. If you have those homosexual tendencies, it's okay. God's a God of love. He's not a respecter of persons. See how they twist things? And they do it subtly. And it, sometimes it takes a long time. But they're subtle in the way they do it. But the end of it is death. And God is saying, regardless if this guy uh, is on the mark for a couple of things that he may predict, if he is leading you away from the, what the revealed word of God is, you need to call him what he is. He's a false prophet. And back in Israel's day, they would kill him. Today, God doesn't call us to kill anybody. But don't listen to that man. You, you'd run away from him. And the impetus is really on us to know the truth. That's why we keep hammering on the idea of reading and knowing the word of God. You cannot let this book get away from you. It, it should be the, the thing you read more than anything else. It's your protection. It's not only a love letter from God. It's not only uh, him showing you the, the, who he is and who we are, the great gulf that's in between, and, and the great Savior, the great message of redemption written all throughout this book. The message of redemption is there. God does that because he's, he knows you need this. It's the greatest thing you possess in your hand, more than all of your possessions. You know, if a man's house was burning down and he ran in to grab his Bible instead of his safe, that'd be a wise man. What's more important to you? The word of God or all your possessions? The word of God should be the thing. And that's why our saints of old have given their lives to preserve the word of God, to uphold the word of God, to live by the word of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul gives us this warning. He says to Timothy, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word and be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all patience or long-suffering and teaching. Notice, here it is, verse 3. For the time will come when they will no longer endure sound doctrine. Folks, we live in that day right now. Is that true or not? It's very true. But they will live and and they will... um, People will not endure this sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, and that's exactly what we see happening today. No longer are people, movements, churches being obedient to the word of God. And I would encourage you, if you see anything, anything that I share, I mean, I'm going to make my mistakes and misquoting a verse or slip and something like that, but if there's anything that I say, anything that you see happening here at the church that is just not biblical, if it's in contradiction, please let us know. Because we want to change. Anything we do has to be under the scrutiny of the Word of God. I want to change. I'm always changing, just like you. We're all changing together. Amen? It's a good thing to change. I love changing because I don't want to be who I was. <laughs> do you want to be who you were? I want to continue changing because we're being, we're being uh, 
consecrated. We're being um, uh, molded into the image of Christ. We're being sanctified day by day. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7. He says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. The whole world is on this great big conveyor belt, and it's very wide, and it's, 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 it's just open to anything. It's okay if you're L-B-G-Q-Y-X-Y-Z-A-S-A-P. I don't know what all those words mean. but Actually, I do, but don't remember them all because now they're getting longer and longer. But anyway, there's this, and everyone is on this thing. And many churches, many people who, who claim to know Christ, but they, 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 don't, they, don't, they don't have the foundation. They're not born again. They're just kind of going along with what feels good and what the culture accepts. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to tell anybody that they're a sinner. Hey, I was told that I was a sinner. And because of that, I got on my knees and fell on my face and cried like a baby. And I begged God to forgive me. I need to know that. Did you need to hear that? I needed to know that I was wounded, that I was a mess. Otherwise, how can he be my savior? What did he save me from? If I was all fine, then why do I need a, why do I need a doctor? No, I was sick. I was, I was in a mess. I needed a Savior. I needed Jesus. And he was so willing to come into my heart and take control, just as he was yours. Isn't that the wonderful thing? Everybody smile. I love it. Don't you love it? Don't you love him? Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he wonderful? But Jesus went on in verse 15 of Matthew 7. He says, but beware of false prophets who come into you in sheep's clothing. That's why I put this image up here who come into you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Do you get lemons from apple trees? No, you don't. You get lemons from lemon trees. You get big, beautiful, oh, those apples in Canandaigua, those big, fat, juicy things that we love in the fall. May the fall hasten. Uh, But anyway... Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The obvious answer is no. Even so, verse 17, so every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thereby, by their fruits you will know them. And we need to be listening. We need to be watching. Because they can say all the smooth things, but even watch their lives. Because a man who says, oh, deny yourself, brother, and give to my ministry, and yet he's driving a, a jumbo, you know, Tron 777, the whole thing is empty, but he's got this whole thing, you know, beautifully decked out for himself. Wonder. Start to wonder and scratch your head. If he's driving a gold Lexus or a gold, uh, not, not a gold, a solid gold uh, Bentley. Solid gold. Solid gold. God's a God of gold. Is he a man of God or is he a man of gold? Start looking at those things. See, find out what his life is like. Because if his life is governed by Jesus Christ, those things are going to be not really a big deal to him. And they ought not be. In Romans 16, it says, verse, on verse 17, no, Now I urge you, Paul tells the Romans, Brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. For those who are... 
For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, notice. And by smooth words and flattering speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple. And see, that's why it's so important for us to be in the Word of God, to know what God says, to rightly divide it, to study it. Don't just read it. Study the Bible. Know the doctrines. So that when you're presented with false doctrine, it becomes very obvious to you. If you're one of those people who likes to study a lot of false religions, be careful. You know, if God's given you the grace to do that for apologetics, you know, ideas and stuff like that, that's one thing. But be careful. Know the truth more than anything else and let everything else be light. Because if you know the truth, it will set you free and it will make the error pop out like that. You'll notice it right off the bat. In 1 John, John said this, he said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you shall know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. And this was back in the first century. How much more so now? He says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world hears them. they got itching ears. We love to hear the smooth things. Tell me that I don't need to be redeemed from my sin, that I can stay just exactly the way I am. I, can, I, can, I, can, I don't have to change at all. I can just be who I am. God wants me to be who I am. I want to be free from all the restraints and just be free to, to run down the streets with my hair on fire and on drugs. That sounds like freedom. Sounds like bondage to me. What man purports as freedom is nothing more than chains that bind him. But when we give our heart to Christ and he's got a hold and a control over our life, boy, are we more free than ever. And yet everyone will look at you with, like they're testing new eyes. What's, what's wrong with you? I found Christ. I'm saved. I know where I'm going. He loves me with an everlasting love. Do you know that he loves you too? Even with the, the, the mess that your life is in, do you know that he loves you? Do you know that? Do you know that? And that's the message we have to share with people. And you know what? The Jehovah's Witnesses are one of those groups that we just read about in First John. They don't confess that Jesus has come in the flesh. They believe he's a good man, but they don't believe he's God. And therefore, they are false prophets. They are false teachers. That's just one example. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. But if they don't confess that he's God and come in the flesh, they have the spirit of Antichrist. They are a false organization. In Second Peter here in verse 1, we're just going to briefly go over this, but there were also false prophets among the people. Even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. They don't do it in some bald-faced lie. They come in very subtly. In fact, that's what the word secretly bring in. That verb means to introduce or bring in secretly or craftily. It sounds like a serpent, doesn't it? Because in Florida, if you live in Florida, like I've lived in Florida, you could be in your living room with your front door open because of the, you know, it's really hot and maybe you just want some fresh air. And the next thing you know, you can look over, you can see something off the periphery of your eye and you're like, there's a snake that just got in my house. And he's slithering along the side, and you're like, ah, you know? 
But he comes in secretly, craftily, and that's exactly what these people do. And many, verse 2, will follow their destructive or pernicious ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Again, Jesus said, narrow is the way, narrow is the gate. God is more concerned about having a church that is holy than a church that is united to win the world for Christ at the expense of truth and obedience. He'd much rather have a small remnant that is holy to him, that is separate to him, that's obedient to him. The world is not going to be saved. For God, It's not God's will that any should perish, right? But that all should come to repentance. That's God's will. But he knows very well that not the whole world is going to be saved. And so we don't need to combine together in some ecumenical movement to, to go out and save the world. God says, come out from among them, and you minister to those. It's always the remnant. The remnant are the ones always that God has wanted to minister to. He'd rather have a remnant that's on fire than a great big group of mass of people who are lukewarm that he has to spew them out of his mouth. Verse 3, by covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. We know that covetousness is just a greedy desire. A greedy desire. Samuel said to Saul, the Old Testament prophet Samuel said to the first king Saul, he says, has the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than, than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, notice, he has also rejected you from being king. Obedience is so central to this. And yet by covetousness, by greedy desire... They will exploit you. They'll make merchandise of you. These false teachers, they will exploit you. They will use you like merchandise. They'll sell you merchandise. And we talked about that last week. You too can have a hanky that was blessed by so-and-so. He used it a couple times too. And it's even worth more now. Right? Great, sign me up. Give me a case of those things. And then I can sell them and give them to all my friends. At a price. No, God says, that's nonsense. Don't let them make merchandise of you. If you're going to give, give to the real thing. Give to those who are serving and ministering God's word. Notice in verse 4, um, verse 4 through verse um, 10, the middle of verse 10 actually is one big long run-on sentence. And I love this about the prophets or about the apostles and some of their letters. Very long sentences. Our English teacher would scold them, but they don't need to because it's inspired. Right, so, But let's look at that, because when we look at um, verses uh, 4 down through the middle of verse 10, it's one thought, it's one thing, and so let's read it. And, 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 and before we do, let's look at this, because Peter is in these verses, 4 through the half of uh, chapter, or verse 10, I'm sorry, he's really contrasting the difference in the fates of those, or their eternal destination for those who are righteous in Christ and those who are not. And so let's look at it. He says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Notice, and, and also, if he did that, and did not spare the ancient world, but he saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them, notice, an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. Verse 7, And 
delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under the punishment of the judgment, the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in Peter's second epistle. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.